Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show on a Thursday. News Radio 1070 WKOK. Matt Catrillo here with you. Steve will soon be there from the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, all new pre-owned inventory. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Well, let's start with something positive first before we get to the Sixers. And it's going to be locally. Line Mountain Softball has won its first ever state title. They defeated Ligonier Valley today in extras, bottom of the ninth, one to nothing win. Kaylee Walshaw doubles in the, in the winning run. Line Mountain wins in the two-way state softball championship game today out at Penn State. A one to nothing win in extra innings. So congratulations to Line Mountain for a tremendous season. 22-3 year for the Eagles this season. It's the first ever state title in program history. Aspen Walker scored the game-winning run after she reached base with a single earlier in the inning. And pitcher Kaya Matter, big contributor in the win, 19 strikeouts recorded. And she's been great for them all year from what I've seen. So congratulations again to Lion Mountain. They had a big send-off this morning before they went out to State College for the game. And... The game was also delayed at the end of the third inning when the home plate umpire left the game after taking a foul ball off the head in a previous inning. I think it was the first. But still, congratulations to the Lime Mountain softball team for dealing with that odd delay. Hopefully the umpire's okay. And then grinding out an extra inning win. And that seemed like the kind of team that they were. So just an impressive season and really happy for the, for the Eagles and that community to have something like that to celebrate. A one nothing win in the ninth inning today for Line Mountain. And we have the winning run, too, with video of that at WKOK.com as well. So you can go ahead and check that out. And maybe we'll play that audio a little bit later in the show, too. <laughs> and now we go to last night. So Steve doesn't have to hear it from me for the two hours. Mark Zumoff, the TV voice of the Sixers on NBC Sports Philly, is somehow going to make sense of this. Or maybe he won't. Sometimes 
Mark can definitely tell it like it is sometimes. And I'll be curious to get his take a day after what was an epic collapse, a colossal failure by the 76ers in Game 5, losing 109-106 after having a 26-point lead. 20-point lead going into the fourth quarter, 18-point lead going into the fourth quarter. They stretch it to 20, and they just absolutely collapsed. Outscored 40-19 to in the fourth. Looked a little sloppy again in the third after blowing the 18-point lead two nights before in Game 4 at Atlanta. Now you have to go to Atlanta to game for Game 6 tomorrow night. And You all right? You okay? I, I'm, you all right? It's nice that we have something right? local, Steve, with Line Mountain right? winning the state championship. But uh, other than that, I'm, I'm hurting today. This th- That one hurt last night. That was probably one of the worst I've ever seen as a Sixers fan. Well, first of all, to Line Mountain, congratulations. They went over today uh, at Beard Field here to win the state championship over Ligonier Valley. And it's always interesting in the state championships because, I mean, to be honest with you, it's not like they played a whole bunch of times during the course of the year, got a real feel for it. It's the first time they saw each other. And Lime Mountain has a terrific pitcher. And what a great, great moment, a great day for the Valley. Isn't it a great day for the Valley, something like that happened? A phenomenal. On a beautiful day here, by the way. So congratulations to them. Uh, so now we've taken care of the positive part of the program. Now to the whining, moaning, and complaining department. <laughs> Yeah. 26-point lead last night. And um, didn't get it done. And there's certain games that you watch and you get a feeling as you're watching it. And the and as you watch it, you just get that uneasy, like, you know what, they, they're in trouble here. Well, no, they're up by double digits. They're in trouble. I've done enough games. Mark Zumoff has done a number of games where you get that feeling. Oh, I knew it, too. As you watch it. There are a lot of issues here. Some defensively, obviously. And then there's... In part, we're going to get to this with Mark when he's on the show, then Jerry Dulac last half hour. But with Ben Simmons, there are certain elements in his game that you do have to talk about. You know, we talk about the three-point shooting. Okay, I got that part. I got that part, the three-point shooting part. But here's, I mean, here's the issue. You can't have him in the game when it's close in the fourth quarter. Because he's not a good free throw shooter. He is 12 for 29 at the 12 for 39 at the free throw line in the playoffs against Atlanta. After going 10 for 28 against Washington. After going 9 for 16 two years ago against Toronto. After going 14 for 24 against Brooklyn. That was his best one. Let me just throw this out here, Steve, when it comes to the free-throw shooting. Shaquille O'Neal had 13 playoffs 
where he attempted at least 50 free throws. His worst percentage, 39.3%. Ben Simmons this postseason, 32.8. Four for 14 last night. But my point is, that's the way he's always been. Yes. Okay, in his career, he is under 60% in his career at the free throw line. He's 59.7. The optimist would say you're rounding up to 60. <laughs> but you can't have the guy handling the ball all the time. It's a 60% free throw shooter. They're just going to go after it. They have to take him out of the game. Six minutes ago in the game, they had to take him out. That's your $129 million guy? You've got to take him out of the game? Really? That's ugly. I mean, he is 22 of 67 at the free throw line in the playoffs. 22 of 67. In 2019, he was 23 of 40. So nothing's changed. He does so many things so well. Except he he's you know is he a decent two-point shooter? Yeah, he's an okay two-point shooter. He's okay. If he's from 4 feet from the rim if that though, he can't shoot a mid-range jumper and he refuses. He took 4 shots last night, Steve. 4. Yeah, but you know what? But see, this is where I disagree with, like, like everybody's like, he can't do this. Okay, I don't want people out there doing something they can't do. I mean, you want him to do something he can't do? Here's why I, I stand he, with that. If, if, if he can't do it, then he can't. I don't want him doing it. Uh, simple as that. Um, now, to me, that's something you got to work on in the off season. But I always question, like, how much does he work on that stuff in the off season? It's almost like he seems to refuse to change. Uh, I mean, th- I mean, it's not like his field goal percentage in the regular season. He's a fifty-six percent shooter in the regular season. Okay, fifty-six percent. Right, that's okay. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But he's only taken thirty-four threes in his career. He's only taken two threes in his entire playoff career. He is a 58% shooter, including in this playoff. He's hit 65% of his shots in this playoff, right? Because he's a 66% two-point shooter in the playoffs. Right now, he's 66%. That's great, but he's 32.8 at the line after going 57.5 at the line two years ago because he didn't play in the playoff last year. And that's what he is. He's only taken two three-point shots ever in the playoffs. Two. It's not what he does. I can just see little Luke now in the driveway. (laughs) Daddy forcing him to do things he just isn't good at. And then getting mad at him when he can't. Well, here's the thing, though. The reason why and I little gave... Mark is gonna little Mark's gonna look over at Luke and he says, Is Daddy gonna do that to me too? <laughs> it's like, oh jeez. Kind of, kind of, but here's the thing though. Um, First of all, you mentioned the fifty six percent. A majority of that is him being having that great ability to drive to the basket. Right. All right, so exactly. so there so there's that. He doesn't shoot a lot, jump shots and things like that. 
But even so, with that, I was on the I was always on the bandwagon at this time, maybe two years ago, of ready to get rid of him because he couldn't shoot, unless you can build around him with perimeter shooting and and such others. And they had done that for the most part this year. Now clearly they need more from the bench and things like that. But now it's come to a point where you have to pull him out of the game because he can't make a free throw. That's exactly. my problem, and that's why that, that, I'm that's about had it problem. with Ben Simmons. That, that's a huge problem. There's no getting around. That is a huge problem. When you have to take somebody out of the game because they just literally can't do something, and he can't. And you mentioned something else too, Steve. He re- I, I firmly believe you're correct about some, what you just said, of him refusing to work on these things. And I think he only works on it when the pressure gets on him. And then he doesn't care. Because that's how he got through in LSU and and, and things like that. That's how he got like this stardom, so to speak. Even though he's lacking some of that you need on the court. And he just refuses to fix it. Because he thinks he's just going to get by. And he clearly hasn't been able to the last several seasons now. He's a better free throw shooter the one year at LSU. He was a 67% free throw shooter at LSU. But this, you know, you combine the moment. You have to ask yourself, in the clutch, how good is he? Hey, Joe Allen Bede's fighting through an injury. I give him all the credit in the world for fighting through it. Curry's been terrific in the playoffs. But look, when you're Ben Simmons and you're sitting there and... Here's the big issue, okay? The big issue is is that he's getting $29.3 million this year. I mean, he signed a five-year, $169.65 million extension two years ago. Okay? The extension goes he gets 29.3 this year, 31.6 next year, 33.9 the year after, 36 3 in 24, and in 25 gets 38.6. I mean, first of all, all credit to him and his agent for getting that. But in terms of now the value of it, there's no value there. There's no value there. My goodness. Now, the value, how about Lime Mountain? Had to go, what, nine innings today? Yep. Nine innings to win one nothing. What a pitching performance that was. What a dramatic win that was. Congratulations to them. Proud of them. When are they coming back? I believe tonight. They had a nice send-off this morning. So I'm guessing at they're seven. coming back sometime today. Yeah, at 7 this morning, right. If they get any word... If anybody has any word for us on a greeting for them and where, let us know. Because we want people to be there for them. Because the game was at 11 this morning. So the game ended, what, about two hours ago, right? Uh, About that, I think, yeah. Yeah. But if anybody knows the greeting, the meeting place, everything, you know, I would say, obviously, the school's won. I mean, they're going to have to go back to the school. They left from the school this morning. Phenomenal. What a great, great accomplishment. 
If Ben Simmons were to put it on Instagram, would you feel better about it? About Line Mountain? Yeah. No. Oh, you're just so <laughs> filled with hate. God, God, just... Back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Atlanta with two timeouts remaining. And if he misses the free throw, this is unreal. He's got to go fast. Court Maz got a man in the air. He missed it. Clock ticks. Curry. That one's good. Point one on the clock. And this is going to be an Atlanta victory in game five. What a comeback. And what a collapse. Philly fans cheer their team on. <laughs> you are brutal. Give them the support they give their guys. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's just great. We tell it like it is. Half you don't know what it what it is. All right, <laughs> to be honest with you. Uh... All right. Ah, lives consumed with hate. Hey, Garrett Cole pitched great for you last night, huh? That he went did. well. He won eight innings, yes. That's, wow, that, that's incredible. I mean, you texted me. I thought he was throwing a no-hitter. I realized it was just another pedestrian game. Right on like, QPR okay. conversation yesterday. Like, okay, great. He's, <laughs> I thought he was throwing a no-hitter. Oh, way to go. Through eight. I'm like going, hey, he must be throwing a no-hitter. I looked over. It was like a pedestrian game. Okay, great. It's like, all right. And then Chapman was in. Like, well. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Q, it's 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, the best in new inventory. Fabulous selection of pre-owned inventory, all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Very pleased to be joined by the outstanding voice of the Philadelphia 76ers, Mark Zumoff. My friend, how have you been? Welcome back. You know, you say that I'm your friend, but really, you're going to make me relive last night all over again? I mean, really, Steve? That's what good friends do. We'll use this as a <laughs> we'll use this as a therapy session. <laughs> all right, Doctor Steve, let me tell you about last night. <laughs> yes, tell us about last night. Right, oh so. boy, it, you know it, it. It wasn't fun. In fact, it's just one quick story. So I'm watching the game. My wife is not a sports fan, but she decides she wants to watch the game, and I guess they're up twenty three, twenty four. So, and, and everybody's got a story similar to this. She decides to take a shower. She goes to bed. She wants to read. I come into the room. I said, they lost. And she was beside herself. She said, she thought I was like joking and she had to go to her phone and confirm. So it was that kind of night for sure. Well, you and I have done a lot of games in our career. 
And as, as you're either announcing it or watching it, you get that feeling. All right? Did you get that feeling at any point in watching this? Like, you know what? This, they're, even though they're winning and it's still double digits, they're in trouble. Yes. And I'll tell you when that happened. I want to say maybe the first eight or nine minutes of the third quarter, they were still winning and they were up, you know, 20 some points most of that way. But they had seven of their 12 turnovers in the first eight or nine minutes of that third quarter. And you could just tell that their concentration was off. Their commitment on the offensive end was off. And a lot of times, Steve, as you know, in basketball, if things aren't going well offensively, it then starts to affect the defensive end of the floor, which, you know, it really shouldn't, but people are human, and that's unfortunately a lot of times what happens in a basketball game. So that was the time where I started to feel that things were not good. And then, you know, all right, so they're up 18 after four, or after three, you figure they'll regroup and they'll be okay in the fourth quarter. Uh, but it was not to be. By then, Atlanta, I think, felt that they got to where they needed to have the game, even though coming back from 18 in the fourth quarter is, is still very difficult. And uh, once they began to piece together some runs, they had no answer for Lou Williams coming off the Atlanta bench. Uh, the Sixers, unfortunately, were sunk. All right, so now let's get to the Bennett Simmons issue. I remember years ago, Penn State's playing Pitt in basketball, and Pitt had a marvelous point guard in Brandon Knight. But the problem was, and I, you know, I was talking to the Pitt people, I said, I said, what are you going to do in close games? I said, because Knight was about a 50% free throw shooter. And Ben Simmons, of course, is not a 50% free throw shooter, but in the playoffs, he's 32 and a half. How difficult is it to have him off the floor? And what kind of decision is it for Doc Rivers? Because the free throw line has been a struggle, and he has to take him off the floor. Certainly, I'm not in Doc's head, but if this is one of your two or three best players, you would think that you would want him on the floor, especially in a close game for his defense and the other things that he can do. And I am a Ben Simmons fan, and I have defended him, and I have defended him through the critics who have said, you know, he needs to shoot from the outside more, let alone take a three-pointer. And I have said, listen, I understand that's a shortcoming in his, uh, in his game and maybe he just doesn't have the confidence, but my goodness, he's a triple-level threat every night. He does find other ways to score. He sets up the three-point shooters very well, and oh, by the way, he can guard anyone just about in the NBA, one through five, when called upon to do so. But the one thing that I, quite frankly, refuse to make an excuse for is unusually poor free throw shooting and I'd say unusually because Ben had gotten his free throw percentage up to the mid 60s this was right before the all-star break and then something happened after the all-star break where for one reason or another he lost his edge at the line and now it's come to the point where it is totally in his head he admitted that last night when queried by reporters after the game and whether it's practice or repetition, whether it's time on, um, you know, with a counselor or someone like that to explore that part of his head or his game, uh, he's got to do better because even if they don't take him off the floor, those times where um, Nate McMillan can employ it, Steve, he could do the hack of Ben and, yeah. and get away with it. Missing 10 free throws 
Uh, that should never happen in, in any NBA game. Uh, even if you take 30 free throws, which is unheard of, and you miss 20, or you miss you miss 10 and you make 20, I mean, you know, that's still only, what, 66%. Right. So um, I can't defend that part of his game. Uh, again, I like Ben as a guy. I, I really do like him as a player, and I just hope that somehow he, he figures that end out. But, yeah, it, it's, not, it's not a good look, uh, optically or otherwise, to, to have to take one of your better players off the floor at crunch time. Yeah, because this has always been my stance on Ben Simmons, very simply. And I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm in, this, in the corner. I think we're both in the same corner together. I don't want players doing something they, they're not comfortable doing. Be great at what you can do. And Ben Simmons, at what he can do, he, he's great. Right? And he doesn't force other parts of his game where he's not. He lets other people take care of that. The free throw shooting, I'm with you. That's that. I mean, that's inexcusable because look, you are going to be a person in your position that is going to have the ball in the last five minutes when the game is on the line. Last I checked, you're going to be the one handling the ball each time. Yes, and and let me say this: I'm going to explore another part of his game. The fact that he only took four shots last night, and I I don't think he took any in the fourth quarter. In fact, it's been two consecutive fourth quarters now where he's failed to take at least one shot. And that's another thing where, uh, quite frankly, Ben has looks at the hoop when he is in the lane that he passes up. Um, I, I, I think he needs to make a, a better effort at getting to the rim in the open floor. And when he has the mind, he can operate out of the low post and, um, and run the team from there or, or get his own hoop. He's got a half hook. He could drive to the basket and get a layup or a dunk. Um, in fact, if you go back to the Washington uh, game five where they clinched and he started as the five man, that happened to be a big part of his game. So, um, you know, I think we've exhausted the Simmons thing enough. Um, unless something happens in the offseason, he's going to be a part of the Sixers for a long time, you would think. Yeah, you will. And um, for the immediate future now, they just have to find a way to get it done with him on the floor. All right. So that brings us to the next part because that was going to be the next area I wanted to explore. Okay, when something like this happens, others have to do maybe their part, but maybe a little bit more. So I think Seth Curry's been doing that. What have you thought, A, of Curry? What do you think of Tobias Harris? So it's interesting you would mention them in the same breath because Curry kind of got Tobias's points last night. Yeah. Um, Curry is not a, a 30-point scorer, typically. He is, uh, you know, mid-teens at best. He's there as a compliment to Embiid. And one of the most startling stats, Steve, from last night was the fact that the only field goals in the second half of the Sixers came from either Joel Embiid or Seth Curry. So you ask yourself, where was Tobias Harris? And I'm not inside the Sixers huddle. Um, Were they calling plays that featured mostly Embiid and Curry? And that kind of left Tobias Harris out. You might recall that in the fourth quarter, the broadcast showed where Harris and, and Doc Rivers were, were locked, and, and this was not a hearts and flowers conversation. This was a serious right. conversation between uh, a basketball player and his coach about things that were not going right on the floor. So um, I, I think Tobias has to be uh, involved more. I do think that Doc Rivers will make a concerted effort to do that. And I do hope that he makes an, an effort to get Ben Simmons involved more 
whether it's posting up or whether it's just insisting that Ben try to get to the hoop more in the open floor. I mean, Curry's been good in the postseason. His performance last night kind of reminded me of Jeff Green's 27 to supplement Kevin Durant the other night. Uh, you know, because Green's not Green's not that you know at this stage of his career. That was one of those like, wow, we needed that. Thanks for doing it. Yes, uh, I watched that game, and I, I think you're right on with that. Uh, obviously, Kevin Durant couldn't win the game by himself, although he pretty much did. But he, need, he <laughs> yeah. but he needed a compliment, and Jeff Green was that guy who kind of dusted off the three point shot and uh, was really good. But again. You had, and I'm going to do some quick math here. You had 73 of 106 points coming from two guys. Uh, yep. That that's just not good basketball. And yep. and and again, the Sixers need to find a way to get more guys involved. And and oh, by the way, they need they need a little bit more from their bench. Uh, Doc Rivers mm-hmm. said last night that uh, the bench was hunting mismatches as opposed to just scoring the ball in the method that it needs to employ, and that is uh, moving the basketball and finding open shots for guys. What kind of guts is Joel Embiid playing with? Because you and I both know he's not 100%. So we had a conversation. I'm talking about Joel and I, and this was not a side conversation because I'm restricted in my player access due to the virus. But there was a game earlier this year, January, February. The Sixers won in Charlotte. He had great numbers and was kind enough to come on. And we had a studio set up for the remote broadcast. And I asked him about the kind of year he is having. Oh, you know, know what I asked him? I asked him what it's like being a father, just because I thought it would be a nice question to end the interview. And he started by saying, you know, this is not something I normally talk about, so I thought maybe I stumbled into an area that I shouldn't have. Then he starts going into uh, what it meant for him to be a father, that when he looks at his son, he knows how important it is for him to... Uh, leave a legacy for him, whether it's a Hall of Fame career, whether it's championships, whether it's both. And I often point to the fact that at 27, which he is now, it seems like a lot of NBA players, particularly big guys, seem to kind of come into their own. Not to mention the fact that Joel also had uh, a coaching change in Doc Rivers, who I think uh, was able to speak to him and, and get inside his head. So I think all these things have combined to make him um, a, a, the kind of player that he has become. And yes, and I'll harken back to last year's playoffs about the kind of heart that he had while the team was performing very poorly and they're eventually getting sweeped by the Celtics. And B got his and continued to play really hard. Um, and, and I think Joel probably is a little sensitive to the label injury prone. So knowing now that he has this partially torn meniscus, he is doing all he can to overcome that and play like a guy who's 100%. I think he's been phenomenal through the whole thing. Finally, you and I both know that there's so much out there that's about can you find the mismatch somewhere. When you look at Atlanta and break them down, and of course you know the Sixers so well, what are a couple of matchups that you'd like to see the Sixers take a little better advantage of? So I, I, I've been saying, and I think a lot of people have said this, how can you, Matt, how can you make Trey Young play more defensively and expend energy on that end of the floor? Um, also, um, what you can do is, and, and you know this, Steve, is, and, and most basketball fans know this, um, if you find that a team is, is switching on pick and rolls, 
you employ a pick and roll that's going to give you the kind of matchup that's going to be beneficial to you. And uh, Doc Rivers did this a lot with Tobias Harris. That's why he had such a good season. Um, I, I want to see him exploiting mismatches more uh, in the post, whether it's on switches or they just happen to have a smaller guy on him. And um, that would be, I think, the extent of it. That and, and Ben Simmons, I think, is always going to be a mismatch when he takes the guy down low. The Sixers led or near the top of the NBA this year in post-ups per game. So if they could somehow get back to that and create those mismatches through that or through the pick-and-roll game, um, I think that they would be uh, all the better for it. As a friend, I apologize for putting you through this. <laughs> you know what? It was actually cathartic. <laughs> I appreciate it. God forbid they should lose tomorrow. I, I don't know what I'll do, but um, you know what? I actually feel a lot better about life than I did before the call, so thank you so much. Anytime, my friend. <laughs> anytime. Mark, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Appreciate you. And it, and anytime on this end, you know that. Take care. Thanks, Mark. Mark Zumoff. <laughs> See? He is terrific. You might as well just He's do terrific. a sports psychology class now at Penn State, along with your broadcasting uh, class. You never know what could happen. He has lectured to my sports broadcasting class. Yes, I'm aware. And he was phenomenal. He is he was phenomenal. The students got so much from him. It was one of the best segments that we did, and I appreciate the fact that he always had offered to do it. Yep. And then it came time, and, boy, he just took the thing, and he had, like, one grand slam after another. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back with more in a moment. Uh, Jerry Dulac in the U.S. Open, and a little couple of comments on the Steelers as well coming up. In the final half hour, here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Sunbury Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mertz family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. At this point, your problem is more mental than with form. Definitely, I think mental. You know, we were up, we had it, and I think we just gave it to them. We got too comfortable and didn't didn't play the way we should be playing. Didn't move the ball as much in the second half. Didn't get as, as many easy shots, and then defensively, too many lapses where we didn't communicate. It's been a painful day for Matt. Yeah, hurts. I've got a you know a note from a text message from Lisa about the choice words you used last night that little Luke started <laughs> using them today. It's like really, like what's going on here? I just kind of sat there. 
Imagine how they feel in Atlanta. They're probably pretty happy, huh? Do you remember the feeling of happiness? <laughs> All right. I thought Lime Mountain winning today, the state championship in softball, one to nothing in nine innings, would at least put him in a better mood. Now, hopefully, uh, I hope we get a time here as to when Lime Mountain is back. Um, so that the fans can greet them at the school. That's what I'm hoping for. Uh, it should be quite a celebration to accomplish something like that. Phenomenal. And what was obviously a phenomenal game. I thought that would put you in a better mood, but <laughs> it, it's helping. Are, let's just say you are, you are so consumed with Ben Him- Simmons' hate. <laughs> you have focused all of your hate on Ben Simmons. It's yeah, I'm done. Are you done with the Sixers? Well, I think they're done, but I'm done with Simmons. Yes. You're done with Ben Simmons. Yes, I You're am. Leader. You're I'm a leader. I'm done. You're finished. I, I gave what him. If, I gave him this second chance because what, what of happens? because of what what's been going on throughout the course of the year, and just last night was it. What What happens though if Ben Simmons goes out and has a triple double and forces the seventh game? Is he back in your good graces? He's still he'll work back toward that sort of, but I I think the psyche on this whole team right now is shot. I think blowing two big leagues like that, they're not going to recover from this. I just don't see it, and that includes so Ben Simmons especially. So when with your kids, do you project a positive outlook on life? <laughs> Normally I do. I'm just realistic sometimes. I mean, I hope I'm wrong, and we'll see. I think if they can't force a Game 7 at home, then I think they can still win the series, but I I, I don't see it. I mean, little Luke goes out, th- does something wrong, and what are you going to do? You can still tell him to believe. When I played, I still believed. If we were down or anything like that, we had a couple tough losses like this. But I'm looking from the outside. I don't see it. But it's up to them to feel like they can. He he makes an error in a t-ball game. How are you going to react? I'll say I'll just I'll I'll show him what he what he what he did wrong. This is how you correct it, and we'll try it again next time. It's going to be a long road for this kid. All right, so (laughs) long road. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street at Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15, Umbles Wharf online at sunburymotors.com on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Okay.